All right, everybody, it's Gene Nathan. It's Crosstown Conversations, and we're going to rock and roll because we've got we got a crowd scene in here. I'll tell you what, we're like one of those old phone booth um, jokes, you know, where everybody tries to pile in. And um, I think I'm starting, but maybe if he doesn't call in real quick, we'll kind of come to him a little bit later with a really interesting uh, young man who is um, a... Uh, the f- co-founding artistic director of Complexions Contemporary Ballet, Desmond Richardson. He's with the American Ballet Theater, also first African-American principal dancer there, a Tony Award winner, all kinds of awards. And he's coming to town, and um, he's coming on the show. But um, I don't think he has called in yet, which he's supposed to have, but we'll we'll go ahead and we'll talk with... Some folks who have got just a ton of things going on in the Broad Street area. Now, in case anybody doesn't know, because I know you drive down Broad Street almost every day, one way or another, you have to get from here to there on Broad Street. There is a whole lot going on there, and it's not just Whole Foods. And, um, you know, we always are working to make sure that everybody understands that there's a lot more going on right in that building as well as on arteries and streets nearby. So we're going to cover it all. And there's two big events coming up this weekend. One is for all of you bike fans, and that's just about everybody in the city of New Orleans these days. And um, and a, a wonderful, let's see, social yeah. <laughs> with an S-O-U-L, and we'll talk about that. And, um, and then we're also going to talk about things that are going on um, that are healthy for you in the uh, territory around the um, Whole Foods. And then DJ is going to talk about what's going on on Broad Street, and you're going to catch me up because I don't know much about the latest <laughs> developments. So let's start with Liz. Liz Burpee is the Refresh Coordinator at Broad Community Connections. She leads the Refresh Project, a community health hub located at 300 North Broad Street. Liz, you better tell us what that is. Thanks, Jean. Hey, everyone. Um, I think many folks think it's the Whole Foods building. (laughs) Whole Foods is but one tenant in that building. It's actually a building with eight eight different organizations in it, seven of which are nonprofits. We have the affordable format Whole Foods, which is smaller than your typical Whole Foods, and has some more affordable products in there. We have Liberty's Kitchen, which a lot of folks around here know. They do workforce development. Um, with out-of-school, out-of-work youth, the Tulane Gold Ring Center for Culinary Medicine, which offers free culinary and nutrition classes for the community, Sprout Nola, which uh, runs the garden, which is on three different sides of the building out there. They have community gardeners, community garden beds, a bunch of awesome events that my colleague Monique is going to talk about here in a second. Then we also have Boys Town, which works with families that need some some extra support in the area. We have First Line Schools. Their offices are there. Crescent City Community Land Trust up there, and BCC, where I work, too. Oh, my God. It's a lot. It's a mouthful. So, I mean, you can do a whole lot more on that block than just pick up your um, juice and croissants. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Liz, what are you trying to accomplish with your the refresh program itself? Because that's an interesting word, but I think it's, it's not totally intuitive. So, Tell me what it means. Sure. What we really are is a collaborative of, you know, the folks that are on site in the building, but also a lot of different community members from the neighborhoods around there and organizations that focus on health and well-being of people living, working, and playing in the Broad Street corridor. So that can range anywhere from, you know, a large academic institution to a small business in the area to individuals that live across the street that are really interested in health and well-being and well-being of their families and and bringing people together. So some of the things we do, and you'll hear about one of our events, the Just Be Social, coming up this Saturday, is we, we put on some community events that really try to bring diverse neighbors together. We all know that that area of town has a lot of folks that have been there for a while and a lot of new folks, many of whom don't know each other. So we try to bring folks together in that way, and those events are are primarily led by community members themselves. We also have some 
free programming for neighborhood youth. We have a free refresh kids camp in the summer, and that's a partnership between the gardeners, the folks at the Tulane Kitchen. Now we're hoping to get Liberty's Kitchen on board. Whole Foods donates a bunch of stuff also. Um, We get free kids camp. We do free kids gardening, culinary nutrition education year-round. We also recently um, worked with a bunch of partners to have some of this free programming accessible to our Spanish-speaking neighborhood neighbors in the Mid-City area, too. So, as it says, you know, it's an all-around kind of, um, it's a community health hub, but that word health is really broadly interpreted. Absolutely. And more and more, there was such a fascinating article in, um, I'm always doing this, I'm sorry, audience, I know that you hear me say this almost every show, in the New York Times, which I just happen to read every morning, it just is my way of, of staying in touch with other parts of the world, um, that a big part of health, obviously, in a way, but we don't talk about it enough, is the is the environment and the social and educational context that people live in, that mm-hmm. folks who live in, in um, let's say, not just poverty, but just difficult circumstances, die younger than other people. And um, they don't get diagnosed early enough. They have health. So even though we spend more money on health in this country than in a lot of countries, we're something like about, I think it was 22nd out of the 36 top industrialized nations in the world in actual health lifespan. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? I mean, we we tend to think of America, you know, we have the superiority complex. We're the best. We ain't the best when it comes to health care. Yeah. So it's really important what you're doing. And I love, therefore, that you're including uh, groups and people from the neighborhood and bringing them together. And I totally think it's incredible. That's yeah, that's the whole yeah. premise of Crosstown Conversations is bringing people from different parts of the city together. Okay. So let's hear from Monica Bowling, who is a native New Orleanian creator and visionary mind behind Just Be Soul, S-O-U-L, Shul event. And you've got one coming up this weekend. Yes, ma'am, we do. And it is? It is our event that we put together. We definitely include everyone. Uh, the social is strictly about love and acceptance. That's what the soul part actually means. The S means it's a safe space. It's a space where people can come together. The O is oneness because we believe that, you know, we're all one regardless to ethnicity. The U is unassuming. We have no preconceived ideas or stereotypes. And the L is for just that loving acceptance. Loving acceptance is something that um, we all need a little bit more of, especially the president. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) So so, uh, what's your event all about, and where exactly is it going to be, time, day, the whole thing? It's going to be this Saturday. Unless there's inclement weather, we will uh, postpone. We will let uh, everyone know if it will be uh, changed due to the weather. Uh, But it is scheduled to be this Saturday uh, on the side of Whole Foods. It's in the community garden on the Conti side, which is uh, on Conti Street. Um, It's from 2 to 6. So it's on the uptown side, basically, of of, uh, Whole Foods. Yes. Other side. Oh, what? Okay. Downtown side? Oh, okay. All right. Go ahead. Uh, Getting my streets mixed up. Go ahead. So, yeah, that's where we will be, and everyone is welcome to come out. It is our big kickoff, so we welcome everyone to come out um, and to enjoy themselves. We have plenty of food that's going to be donated by so uh, I mean by Whole Foods as well as Liberty's Kitchen. So there's nothing to buy. Just come on out and get loved on. Oh, that's well. Uh, and, and what do you? What actually happens during the course of the event, other than we have great things to eat and we get to talk to new people? Well, uh, this kickoff event, we're going to actually have a second line. We're going to have different uh, music acts. So we're planning on incorporating different genres of music so that everybody feels welcomed and everybody gets to hear something that they, you know, that they enjoy. You know, it sounds like a treat. It really does. And, um, you know, Liz, give give us just a little bit of the context of the site because I, I think most people don't know what's there. At the garden? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really, I mean, this, my, our colleague, Emily Mickley-Doyle, is, she runs a small organization called Sprout NOLA, 
and they Sprout Nola runs the the refresh community farm we call it again it occupies three sides of of the building and it and Monica I mean you can probably speak to this better ways than I can there are a number of community gardeners many of whom had never gardened before that have their own beds on site um, and work together growing food having potlucks and that's also a space where for different programming Emily you know takes and Emily and some of the other mentor gardeners bring youth out there to teach them about you know seasonality how to plant how to sow seeds nutritive values there's some food justice and food sovereignty conversations that go on out there and there's it's it's also just really beautiful I go down there and work sometimes well, that's what I wanted uh, to, to people to know because you know you look at the front and it's a great big parking lot it's a big market and you have no clue that the secret green space is behind it and obviously a people space as well and so the perfect setting for the social event also this weekend part of the same kind of stimulus coming out of the refresh energy is the get up and ride community bike fest 2017 um it is on april 23rd which is saturday sunday sunday bayou road um, we're on Bayou Road. It's the 2500th block. You, you can't Talk miss it. Talk into that, Mike. It, it is the 2500th block. You can't miss it. It's right off of uh, uh, Bayou Road and uh, Broad Street. So right where all the little shops are, yeah. right near the Pagoda and the community bookstore and the nail shop and Piero Basically where and all the Kitchen Witch and on, all those Bayou great Road, stuff. Right. right. But this is the group of people, you know, folks, how sometimes you see these Little armada. Isn't that the <laughs> word that the president used recently? Only this is a whole different kind of armada. Yeah. Armada of bikes with beautiful colored lights. Yeah. Traveling around the city, entertaining themselves always with great music. Yeah, that's and, that's... I mean, I love this darn thing. Yeah. I really do. And I, I really... I used to be a big biker. I really want to get back to it badly. I just need to push away from the computer. But how did you get started doing this, and, and what exactly is going to be happening this weekend? So it started with uh, myself, Blake Owens, um, a friend of mine, Nicholas Reed, and actually a DJ, uh, DJ Papa. One day we just came up with the idea to start riding. started out with like eight people, and it just kept growing, um, mostly due to social media and word of mouth. And, you know, people just fell in love with it. I think it's when you get back on a bike at an older age and you haven't been on it so long, you forget how much fun it is just to simply ride a bike. So we throw some music in there, you know, we make some good scenic stops and, you know, it just grew into this, this big thing, this culture. And now it's, we turned it into a touring company and now we're putting a fest together. And, and, and when you're out there on the streets, how many people uh, normally are part of your, Let's say your court. What's, what's your average number of riders out there? Right now, our average is about around 350, 400. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's our average. Wow. Yeah. And you go all over the city? Yeah, we switch it up. We get different routes sometimes. We got like mid-city routes, uptown routes, uh, downtown. Sometimes we just wing it. They don't know. We just figuring it out at each corner. So how does somebody <laughs> who wants to, uh, to ride with you, oh, how, how do they get plugged in? Um. Usually most of our announcements come through uh, social media, so they can follow any of the pages on Facebook or Instagram. It's get up and ride, the letter N, not and, and um, underscore NOLA. Um, also, we have a website up. That's uh, dot club and uh, there's plenty of info on there. But um, usually if you just ask around or if you come out on Tuesday, you'll see us. You know, we're the Tuesday ride. Not all the rides. we got some other people trying to do the same thing, but, you know. And you're on Tuesday nights. Uh-huh. Tuesday nights. In this case, however, as you said, it's Sunday. It's on Bayou Road. And just exact, I see live music, giveaways, food and fun. Give me the give me the whole story. Um, okay, so I'm actually one of the people playing, so I'm, I'm double dipping. Um, I'll be doing music with um, another band, Cool Nasty. Um, we have Denicia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we have Denicia. She'll be coming to do something. Um, we have, uh, what's the Capoeira uh, Studios? Capoeira New Orleans. Capoeira New Orleans. They're going to come and do something. Um, and we have uh, the Stooges Brass Band. They're going to close it out. 
So, uh, yeah. Too, you know, and Domino guy. Sound, who has the uh, shop on um, Bayou Road. A little bit of reggae. He's going mm-hmm. to DJ. Uh, mm. So, you so know, we'll that's... Reggae beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anybody can dance to that stuff. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. just anybody, you know. <laughs> Especially on a Sunday, you know. You yeah. Just, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. So, and, and it's 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. So, I mean, it's like all afternoon, y'all. You can't, you know, you can't quite miss it. Um, DJ, what, uh, give me the broader uh, story about what's happening um, on Broad Street. Wow. Um you know, give me the highlights. Blake, don't forget to plug the, the ride out from the festival at oh, no. 5 o'clock, too. That, that'll that be the special treat. So after the festival is done, people will be riding out on their bikes towards City Park. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, but as far as the, the greater vision around Broad Street, as we know, uh, Broad has the second highest tra- uh, rush hour traffic in the city. Um, and it's Second not- highest to what? Uh, last time I checked, it was Claiborne. Huh, you know, I overall mean. volume. <laughs> but I was on some streets today that I, I kind of wanted to get off pretty – and I did. I, I got Nashville. I was coming down from Uptown from an interview, yeah. and oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the vision around Broad Street is still the same, looking at making sure that uh, Broad Street is equitable and diverse and, and can maintain small local businesses while figuring out how to capitalize off that traffic. And the approach, I think – BCC or Broad Community Connections, and I have like tried to 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 think about it is um, the nodes, right? The major intersections. Each major intersection of Broad is different. Broad in Orleans is definitely different than Broad in Tulane, which is definitely different than Broad and Bayou Road. And so, to approach development or inclusivity or equity the same with the same t- type of catch-all lens for each intersection or node, does each neighborhood or each area a disservice so what we've looked at starting with or have started with was working with the business owners on bayou road um i would say it's the densest um two blocks of multicultural unique uh businesses um within our, our, our span and a lot of the work that i do is around organizing business owners which nobody actually thinks about um what does it look like to get different business owners on the same page and say, you know what, uh, we won't wait for a developer to tell us how this street, you know, should evolve, but we take a management position. And um, a lot of that has resulted in uh, the partnership with Get Up and Ride and Dashing Bicycles um, to say, what does it look like to take take uh, th- that traffic uh, that Get Up and Ride has, the 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 consumer base that they have that would enjoy a place like Bayou Road and say, how about we just stop on on the road um, to, to give more publicity to the place? So um, Bayou Road is, you know, it's kind of a, a short little stretch, but as you say, it's dense. It's got a lot going on there. And I'll tell you, when I first moved into the neighborhood, which was in the early 70s, um, there was a shoemaker mm-hmm. and there was a athletic Wear shop, and that was it. Mm-hmm. There was really no activity. The church, of yeah. course, and the church uh, then was still a practicing church, and, mm-hmm. and so you had people there on Sundays and midnight mass, you know, <laughs> once a year at Christmas. That's what I used to be able to get to. Um, and and Broad Street, you can you can see glimmers of change, and um, it's good, yeah. but of course. You know, as you said, uh, the issue of trying to make sure that we maintain the diversity as we're challenged with both the positives of new folks coming in and mm-hmm. the negatives, which is gentrification. And yeah. so um, do, you, do, you, do you all have a, a kind of a specific um, policy or strategy or thought about the question of uh, gentrification? Um, I think the way that we try to approach it is not – you know, prioritizing the folks that are in the area first, right, that have been there. And we understand uh, marginality is, is a, a real thing, and if we don't speak to it, then we're doing a disservice. At the same time, we understand that um, development means new people are going to be interested and more people are going to want to come to the neighborhood. And so um, I think our, our role, my, myself, Jeff Schwartz, and, and Liz, uh, we've taken the, the role of being the convener and saying, we don't have an agenda. Can we all sit at the table and figure out what a mediated strategy is for 
cooperative So that's their strategy. It is a deliberate um, effort to bring people who are there, have been there together to talk about how to guide the development of the area. Yeah. That's important because that doesn't happen yeah. in in all neighborhoods that are getting gentrified. I mean, we've watched what's happened in, in um, Bywater and Maroney. And, yeah. and uh, it's not that people, a lot of people who settled in the area before Katrina were from New Orleans. They yeah. just, you know, came in and take advantage of low property costs and so on. Um, and it was okay and then it got to a point where it's not so okay when you can't get a house for less than five hundred thousand yeah. dollars and you can't find rentals you know it's it's um it's it's so scary to watch this happen and hope that this time it's going to be okay but time and time again that pattern is repeated and yeah. so um being i think extremely proactive about doing exactly what you're doing mm -hmm. engaging the existing community and mm -hmm. making sure that they're a part of the future and plan for it and take um, charge, take um, or feel empowered to really um, hang on to and be involved with and, and help shape their community. Yeah. Too many words on my part, but um, I, I I think just everybody who's and I forgot to take pictures of everybody. I'm going to do that before you're you're gone. Um, just what you are doing. All four of you in different ways is is um, really encouraging and important, and uh, and and you're obviously I'm sure with the bikes you're getting both longtime residents as well as a lot of the newbies. My husband makes a joke about how at some point in, this, in the development of the city he said the, the bellwether of what's happening is white girls on bikes. Where they all come from? That, remember that that phase? I rode my bike here. <laughs> but there was a there was a point when all of a sudden you looked down the street and there's a white girl on the bike again. It, it de definitely was a it was a, a noticeable indicator of change. But I love your group because of exactly what you just you know we've been talking about the diversity of it and and yeah. the, the mix. Yeah, and I, I think that's what people love about it the most. It's a good alternative to just going to the club or something. You know, you can it's healthy. Um, you know, you get to see people. You know, it's nothing like riding and then you bump into somebody who you haven't seen until uh, since before the storm or something. So, you know, it's just it's it's just good energy, and that's that's what we need in New Orleans. And um, you know, we welcome everybody. You know, to come out. Um, join the ride. No matter who you are, you're welcome, as um, long as you, you know, follow the rules. So let's get those details back out again. So um, get up and the letter N, ride. Underscore. Underscore NOLA. NOLA. Dot um, that's for the or? social media. That's for Instagram oh, and Facebook okay. and all of that. For the website, you can actually just do getupandride.com. We got and a few get different. That will get you there. Yeah, Good. Yeah. And uh, we're talking about this coming Sunday. From noon until five on Bayou Road, live music, food, food kids activities. Kids, you don't food. need a bike to come out and enjoy yourself. You can just come and enjoy everything. Uh, we have a bunch of different vendors that'll be out there. Um, but at the end of the fest, we will all ride out if you do have a bike to City Park. Okay, and and DJ, you um, uh, put your uh, um, some handle for people to get to you because. For folks who want, who are interested in what's going on on Broad Street, want to be involved, might want to open something, might want to do something new, who do they call? How do they call you? How do they reach you? Uh, well, Put it out there. <laughs> well, I can be emailed at uh, at uh, my BCC email, which is DJ. Say that slower. It's DJ at broadcommunityconnections.org. There you go. All right. And um, social? <laughs> For the social, you can read. We're at um, uh, the Broad Community Connections as well. Yeah. We have um, – there's a Refresh Project Facebook page. And if you like Refresh Project, there is an event posting on there for the social and if there is thunderstorms on Saturday, we'll we'll be updating to to see if we have to switch to a rain date. But I I recommend everyone go on there. And just to clarify, so DJ and I are coworkers, and we both work for Broad Community Connections. So if anyone has questions about the social or also is interested in getting more involved in the Refresh Project, you can email me at Liz L I Z at 
broadcommunityconnections.org. Now we got y'all on there, and and the again the uh, social um, is going to be from. It's going to be Saturday from two to six. Okay, so Saturday and Sunday, it's all about Broad Street mm-hmm. and the surrounding neighbors. Do we have a song yet on that? Broad Broad Street song. Come on now, get busy. Get busy. For you gave me an idea. I think uh, next time I'll get one ready. <laughs> okay, maybe. I'm, I'm going to have it ready for Sunday. Maybe yeah. for Sunday, right? Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys, for all of you. You got a little bit Thanks more time than we expected, and I'm going to start talking about a French film festival next. And then, you know, I think actually what's going to happen, Jazz, is that we're going to get a call around uh, 6.30 from um, the dancer, and uh, we're going to have to ask him to maybe hold off just about 10 minutes uh, so I have more time to talk about the French Film Festival. Thank you all. Thank you, Thank Jean. You. See you. See you out there. I'm only two blocks from Bayou Road. So all right. Well, I'm looking for you. I'm going to be in town, and I, <laughs> it'll be a great way to escape doing the uh, organizing in my messy bedroom <laughs> that I was planning to do. <laughs> all right. So now we, you know, I used to be a big film buff, and um, I I don't. I don't know. I don't know exactly why. I, I don't do it as much as I used to. But my favorites were always French films. They were always so challenging and, and kind of serious. Sometimes a bit on the pretentious side, but always really, you know, I would say almost profound. And um, I think it's fantastic that we actually do a French film festival in the city of New Orleans, and it's all at the Britannia Theater. It starts on the 21st. Is that Monday or Sunday? Friday. Oh, fr- this Friday. This Friday, yeah. Okay, so it starts Friday, and it goes through the 27th, which is Thursday. Thursday. So almost a week of French films. And um, we have in studio with us the woman who actually puts this on, Monica Baudouin. Yes, correct. Not bad, huh? Almost. I mean, I live in Louisiana, for goodness sake, so I just kind of learned how to pronounce my French names. Um, Monica is is running this festival, and you've got some fantastic films that you're showing. And um, I um, wanted some pointers on which ones that I should focus on, and I think I got that list. And uh, a couple of them I've seen because a couple of them are, you know, brought back from that are uh, classics. Uh, but a couple of them I don't know that much about, and I'm, I'm uh, fascinated to hear more about. So um, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. Friday, Franz. Yeah, sure. Um, so we are opening uh, on Friday with um, Francois Ozon, Franz, a new film. Um, we've been playing his movies in the past as well. Um, so this is his newest collaboration, French-German collaboration. Um, and we are also showing, um, for the closing night, we're showing Personal Shopper, who is Olivier Assay film uh, that's starring Kristen Stewart. And this is kind of like a ghost story, uh, very uh, around her own, like, personality uh, that was embraced after the last movie, Souls of, Clouds of Souls Maria. So he decided to kind of use this um, actress and create a movie around her. Uh, so he sort of continued the story from the role that she played in that movie. Not necessarily, but it's kind of using like her own uh, vague and icy personality to create a, uh, a new character. Oh, okay. Huh, uh, really? And embracing her own private personality to create this character. That's not something that happens every day where a director delves into his his actor or actress on a on a film and and uh, departs and develops a whole story around. I've, I've I've never quite heard of that before. Yeah, I mean, he is uh I he I think he's becoming his favorite actress right now, so he is uh he really loves her and talks a lot about the uh, Kristen Stewart and um, it looks like it's, I think maybe she's become his uh, muse uh, and mm-hmm. might star in many more movies with him. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, France is a story that's placed um, after Mar the First World War. Um, so this is kind of uh, a story uh, of beginning of 20th century uh, connected to a war and veterans uh, in Europe. 
And, and you know, in a way, any major catastrophe, and certainly a world war is a catastrophe, um, resonates for people in New Orleans who've just been through a natural disaster that was a catastrophe for us. And when I read about, you know, the she lost somebody, she's dealing with someone who's also has major personal issues, but and they are they are they obviously are drawn to each other. It sounds like, in a sense, from what they've gone through. And so uh, it'll be sort of fascinating to see how they um, deal with that but don't dwell on it and move yeah. on and develop um, a, a, a living new relationship. Ship, yes. Yeah, so that's what that's basically, am yes. I guessing yes. <laughs> correctly? Um, okay, and then Umbrellas of Cherbourg, of course, one of the all-time great French films. And I haven't seen it in quite a long time, so in all honesty, I'm not re Oh, my goodness. So, um, mm -hmm. Go ahead. You tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, kind of got this approach of um, presenting two classics that are there has been inspiration for uh, Damien Chazelle's La La Land, who got a lot of success um, um, recently. So his inspiration for La La Land has been those two, uh, Jacques Demy, two musicals from 60s. Uh, one is starring Catherine Deneuve and the other is starring uh, Gene Kelly. Mm. Um, so the youngers of Rochefort and Umbrellas of Cherbourg. And uh, we're playing both of them during the weekend. Um, so it's kind of like a... Um, our um, tribute to, to La La Land's inspiration. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I didn't see La La Land, but I don't think there's almost anybody in America who's, whether they saw it or not, doesn't kind of know about it. It's such a kind of, um, oh, a throwback to um, more carefree times when musicals were just plain old fun and they weren't necessarily, um, you know, challenging um conventions and and the more difficult aspects of life so um it's i'm sure a relief and fun for people to go see that young girls of rochefort rochefort yes correct okay um, les demoiselles de rochefort kind of like um our saint rock <laughs> <laughs> tell me about that what's that about um so this is a story of um kind of country girls going to the big city. Um, and there um, we have a singing legend, Gene Kelly, playing in this uh, this musical. Um, so um, there's no sung dialogue, but there's a lot of kind of um, dancing and, uh, and singing uh, around it. And um, yeah, and those are like twins who are um, dance instructor and music teacher, and they're kind of longing to, to live in a big city and trying to have fun. And I'll bet they get into just a little bit of trouble. Otherwise, uh, yes. it wouldn't be a, yes. you know, it wouldn't be a drama, it wouldn't be a movie. And um, judging from the uh, publicity photograph of them and their great big wide-brimmed yellow and pink hats and, and dresses and long exposed legs, um, it's uh, clearly something that um, is meant to be a lot of fun, too. So, all right, then Cezanne and I, I, I'm really interested in this because one of my favorite movies of all time was the um, movie about Van Gogh, and I forget the exact name of it, but it was, it, was, it was about his brother and him. Do you remember the movie I'm talking about? Okay, no. well, uh, anyway, it was fascinating, and just movies about artists are fascinating because artists are so... I think um, hard for people to really know what they're really all about because they express themselves through their visual art, and you have to interpret it on your own. They don't necessarily want to tell you exactly what they are trying to do. They leave it for you to think about and figure out. So I'm fascinated to know, um, you know, Cezanne was one of the you know major leaders of the whole 20th century art movement. So. What's this yeah, all about? This, this movie is actually uh, talks about the friendship between Emile Zola, uh, the novelist, and Paul Cézanne. Um, so it's, it's kind of portrayed parts, uh, the relationship between both of those big, um, big characters um, and kind of shows both of their careers and, and, um, and their lives. Um, and it's shot down uh, in the south of France, in uh, Provence. So it's it, from the description here, it says it's it must be very beautiful because it 
quote, captures many of the sumptuous um, landscapes that would become memorialized in Cezanne's uh, canvases, which anybody who's ever looked at a single Cezanne painting understands that he was hanging out in a pretty beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely profound. And so that is um, uh, this Saturday, oh my goodness, and but also Monday, but yes, you have, have to screenings. be able to break away at lunch, sneak out and see a movie, So because it's at 12.30. But on Saturday, it's at 7.30. Now, um, uh, by the way, before I go forward for the rest of the films, and I don't know if we'll get through all of them, but we'll try, um, h- how do people get tickets? Sure, yeah. Tickets can be purchased online on our website, neworleansfilmsociety.org. Um, and normal tickets are uh, $11. If you're a New Orleans Film Society member, they're 9 uh, We have special pricing for opening and closing night movies. Those are a little bit more expensive. They're 11 and 13 um, We have... Uh, so at this moment, yeah, you can purchase them online, but starting Friday, you can purchase them on in Britannia Theatre on site before, the, uh, before each screening. Okay. The Death of Louis XIV. So that's going to be so interesting. Oh, and it looks like there's a lecture preceding the screening in this case. So the director is going to be there? or No, but if we actually invited a Loyola professor, uh, Mike Miley, uh, mm-hmm. who will have a lecture. It's a free lecture, so everybody is welcome, even if they're not watching a movie after all. Um, it's a lecture about the actors, uh, main actor in the movie, um, who is Jean-Pierre Lod. Um, who is portraying um, Louis the Fourteenth? And it's uh, it's been noted that this is probably his best um, acting role in his career, and um, the career has been very long. So the lecture is going to be about actually the actor and um, and his roles uh, in French cinema. Um, but the movie itself is really um, it's really interesting and haunting portrait of dying king. Uh, who's laying on the bed uh, for pretty much the most of the time, and like the camera also is staying next to him the whole time. So it's like kind of like a portrait from a bed. What's happening around him, uh, around the court? Uh, how um, how the court dealt with uh, with a dying king? Um, this is the kind of French film that I enjoy so much. It, it's definitely very conceptual, and. Um, a very deliberate cinematography that's trying through the the, the lens, in a sense, to um, help you understand. Uh, and the story seems so interesting because you're talking about, you know, the, the impending power vacuum. And the character himself, I mean, the, the king himself has to be so aware of that. And he's so caught between trying to stay alive and stay in control and yet knowing that he cannot... Yes, exactly, because he's kind of uh, forced to lay in bed and uh, everything that's happening around him is kind of played uh, to, to kind of uh, show him that he's in control, but anything that's behind the room that he's in, it actually has its own word and uh, people fight over who gets into the room uh, and one of the reasons that this is interesting for us in New Orleans, of course, is that King Louis XIV was um, at, at least in a, a certain phase of our history was in control in France, and, yes. and his policies had an impact on the, um, the shaping up of the Louisiana colony. So it's only the end of the world. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is a new movie of Xavier Dolan. Uh, which is a favorite of Khan. He's a Canadian filmmaker, a very talented young filmmaker who's uh, pretty much winning almost um, every year at Cannes, um, each award. And with this movie, he won a Grand Prix uh, last year. Um, and um, we also showed his movies in the past, like Lawrence and the Ways. Um, uh, so this uh, this actually movie play uh, the actor in this movie Vincent Cassel is actually by coincidence uh, shooting a movie in New Orleans this week and next week. So he's um. in the city uh, with uh, with Kristen Stewart, uh, who's also playing in uh, our closing night movie. So both of those actresses that movies we're showing are actually in New Orleans right now. So hmm, mm-hmm. it might. Uh, it might be interesting if they come. <laughs> yeah. And uh, again, this story, uh, it, you know, I, I know there's a lot of you in the audience who are listening to saying, why are you talking to us about French films? 
Um, I really want you to think hard about, you know, opening yourself to a different experience. And if you haven't gone to one, and, and I know it must be a challenge, but some people don't like to watch subtitles. But once you get into the movie, into the uh, flow of the story, you don't even notice that you're looking at subtitles. You're totally in the story. French films are very compelling. They really grab you. We're not talking here about sitcoms on cable television. We're talking about very, um, how should I say, emotional uh, films that draw you in and relate to your own experience. So this this film, It's Only the End of the World, I see it's talking about, you know, the, a family. Yeah, it's about grieving process inside the family and how different, uh, different members of family um, go through that process. And I hate to say it, but unfortunately, we have too many families in New Orleans who are going through grieving processes earlier than they should because of, you know, the drug wars and the street crime and losing young people. It's it's very sad. But So this could be something that could have an impact. Sometimes a film can really have an impact on your life oh, as, you, as you see how other people deal with things that you deal with. So I, I, I want you all to not think, oh, they're just talking about French films, but think rather, hmm, maybe I should go see one. And this is one that I think it's only the end of the world. It's on Monday night, 745. What else are you doing on a Monday night, guys? Tell me, you know, Tuesday night at 530 at the Britannia Theater. It's only the end of the world. That sounds like something that I think many New Orleanians would really find relevant to their lives. <laughs> My life is a zucchini. Yeah. Yeah, that's a um, that's a f- debut, actually, um, by Claude Barra, and he um, he was nominated for Oscar for Best Animation Feature uh, with this film. Um, and this is our uh, kind of family-friendly section that we have in the festival. Most of the films are uh, directed to adult audiences, but this one is open to uh, all ages. And um, so it makes sense that it's on Saturday at 3. And, and Monday. Uh, Monday at 3 when kids get out of school. And, um, again... Um, this story is, is uh, again, about a challenge to a family and um, a child who is going to be in foster care and a police officer who we would not normally think of a police officer um, helping a child in their journey of growing up, but that's what this film is about. So, again, I think it resonates uh, here in New Orleans. Love in the Afternoon, very, very famous film, 1957, Gary Cooper, Audrey Hepburn. I mean, these are just classic Actors, you know, I saw this film many, many years ago. I don't remember that much about it, but um, if you just, if if you're a theater person or film person, um, this is high art. Yes, yes, definitely. That's an American movie, but uh, it's shot in France and it features famous, um, famous uh, landmarks of Paris, um, and it also has French, both French and American actors in it. Um, um, yeah. So, and that's on Sunday. Those are actually morning classics that Britannia usually uh, have as regular on regular schedule, 10 a.m. on Sunday and Wednesdays. Huh. I didn't know that. Actually. And this movie actually is much cheaper. It's six dollars. It's the same price as usually um, for uh, Britannia classics. Okay. And I want to come back to that in a minute and just talk about whether, if you join the New Orleans Film Society, whether you get any discount on the tickets. For this festival, is that the case? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a member, prices for tickets are much lower. Um, it's two dollars less, and also we offer a pass, French Film Festival pass, uh, which gives you access to every movie we're showing, uh, which is 14 movies, uh, 14 feature, and three shorts. Um, so 17 movies, and the pass costs 70 dollars if you are a me- uh, our member, and 85 if you are not. So uh, also, one more benefit of being a member is French shorts are free for uh, film society members. You know, it's a great – there are memberships and there are memberships, but the membership in the film society is has always been one of the really juiciest because uh, not only does it give you a reduced prices in the big festivals, but there are screenings throughout the entire year that are shown of new films coming out, and you get to go to them uh, often uh, at no charge at all. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, you know, 
for example, Shalmet Movies is presenting weekly free movies for our members. So every Thursday, uh, they get to go for free to see a new movie that's playing there. Uh, what time is that? It's uh, it's sometimes it's three times a day. Every week is a little bit different, but sometimes it's 2 p.m., 7 p.m., 5 p.m. It depends on each mm-hmm. week, but those are three times. I'm going to put that on my calendar because I forget about it, and it really is such a great yeah, thing yeah. to have. And, we usually and Shawmet is not that far. You yeah, know, it really isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, Broad Theater, uh, I'm sure everybody knows Broad Theater by now, but they are presenting once a month a free screenings for our members on third Tuesday of a month. Oh, um, I live right near Broad Theater, and I love it, and I didn't even know that. Yeah, so... Um, <sighs> I'm just so in the dark. So those are just few that uh, they're sh- giving us free screenings. We also mm-hmm. have other benefits in different other theaters in the city outside of discounts. Um, but mm-hmm. Canal Place is offering free popcorn, uh, for anybody who's showing, watching movies in there as well. Mm-hmm. And I think Pretania here is adding also some benefits um, in form of those, actually those classics on uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday and Wednesday will be free for members as well. Oh, right. Paris Opera. Yeah, so we are showing two documentaries um, uh, during that festival, and one of them is the Paris Opera. So it's like a behind-scene um, uh, footage um with all access um, um, in every corner of the theater. Uh, so it's kind of doing like performers, costume, management, and I preparation. Think, for I think it. anybody who's ever been involved in any kind of a production, and I would predict that that's almost everybody in the city of New Orleans. We all do so many parties and events and, and so forth, and second lines, and, you know, everybody here is a producer. Uh, so to be, in, to see this, I think, again, um, is something that's going to resonate. This is on Mon- on Sunday afternoon at 4, Tuesday at 1230. Ah, we're almost finished, and um, I lost my dancer, and I uh, <laughs> hope that um, I can uh, catch up with him in some other way. But um, I know I'm going to get a call in shortly also from the lady from NOCA, and um, as soon as she comes in, we'll add her to the discussion. Slack Bay, Malut. Yeah, and this uh, this is Juliette Binoche movie. Um, she's starring in this movie and is a. Uh, she's so fabulous. She yeah, really she's is. amazing. So this is actually the cover of our program guide, uh, um, and this is about like an eccentric uh, bourgeois family that has a beautiful uh, house. On Isn't that an oxymoron? Eccentric bourgeois. <laughs> I mean, bourgeois. The implication is conventional, yeah. and then um, eccentric, not so. Uh, so, like, it's a villa on a, uh, overlooking Slack Bay, uh, pictures, uh, Slack Bay. And it's, like, kind of um, easygoing life that's being interrupted uh, by uh, different characters coming um, into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's, again, kind of like here in New Orleans right now. Swagger. Yeah, yes. that's the other documentary. Um, it's very interesting film, uh, and it follows... 11 children and adolescents um, who are who are kind of like a chosen great amazing personalities and who live uh, in France most underprivileged housing projects. Um, uh, it looks like this is, is this a produced by an African American? Many of the characters seem to be African American. Yes, yes, uh-huh. that's correct. Um, so it follows kind of those uh, those children who are trying to. Um, kind of make something better out of the circumstances they live in. Um, and there's a lot of fashion involved as well. Fashion, you got me there. Thursday, 427 at 545 p.m. Only two more to go. Things to come. Lavanir. Yeah, that's a Mia um, Hansen Love film uh, starring um, Isabel Upper. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows that actors do. No, um, not necessarily. Can't make any assumptions about what people <laughs> get to see here. But, yeah, she's uh, been nominated. Don't forget, we art. don't really have that much art film showing in New Orleans. Yeah. So this is, again, this is such an, an incredible experience for the people who get to only see kind of the typical stuff coming out of Hollywood. These are all much better films, really. Yeah, she's been recently nominated to Oscar but in her in the role of Elle, the movie Oh, Elle. okay, right, oh, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unknown Girl. And Unknown Girl is uh, another selection from Cannes. Um, and it's a film by uh, Darden Brothers. Um, 
It's uh, it's about a woman who. It's so is funny. That's a, that's a big Louisiana name, you know, Dardan. Did yes, you know that? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about a doctor who uh, kind of, let's say, refused or didn't help a woman in need, and then later learned that she died. So she's trying to. Uh, she feel a lot of guilt of it and trying, and she is not identified, and she's trying to kind of. Uh, make uh, peace with that, trying to find out if she can find her identity after her um, death. And you have some shorts running on Monday for, it sounds like, innovative um, new cinematic voices. So that's going to be um, the the new uh, and original kinds of things. And then a Vietnamese film. So for those of you in the audience who are of Vietnamese persuasion, you might really appreciate this as anybody would. A Vietnamese French woman struggles to raise an autistic son well under the thumb of a domineering traditional mother. Yeah, but oh. I want to mention that the filmmaker, we have one filmmaker uh, that's coming to uh, to this festival. Oh, He's I missed coming it. Yeah. from France, mm-hmm. uh, Antoine um, de Rocher, and he will be in attendance for one of his shorts, Aramist. It's 40 minutes. It's, pretty mu- it's a very long short. It's 40 minutes, so it's almost like a uh, movie a, long, and a short feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he will be uh, coming um, to New Orleans just to be at this festival, um, and he will present his movie and then have Q and A after. So interesting to hear the directors talk about their films. It really is because that, that that again is not an experience that you have every day, and and that is. Um, That's on Monday at five thirty. Monday at five thirty, all at the yeah. Britannia. What got you involved in um, in film? And, and what else do you do besides put on this festival? Uh, I mean, I work full-time uh, for New Orleans Film Society, mm-hmm. uh, and we do produce New Orleans Film Festival, that is the biggest the big one event in, in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, and outside of, and it actually takes a lot of our time throughout the year, but we, uh, in the spring we are doing French Film Festival. Uh, that's a little bit more local-oriented uh, festival. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we also pr- do our annual fundraising gala, and try to do year-round programming around the city as well and part, partner with different organizations. So, um, you know, it, I think it's extraordinary um, what has happened with the film festival because I was around um, years ago when it was a, a fairly smaller, more locally-oriented um, event, and um, it, it's really been a pleasure to see it grow and become what it is today. Um, yeah, and, it's amazing. And, yeah, and, and, and I, I mean, think yeah, we all benefit from it, um, either by having the opportunity to go to the films. The thing I've always found frustrating is the film festival itself. It's so much at one time, and I just I have such a heavy schedule. I I rarely get to see as many films as I'd like to, and I wish there was some way that we could have like our own little film fest channel on on public. Um, television, you know, on our community television, where some of the films that you show, especially of the younger independent filmmakers who are, where it wouldn't be so expensive to buy uh, the opportunity to show the film again, that we could continue to show them through the year so that those of us who, you know, really can't stop and just be festival film goers can, can get to see them. So that's my recommendation for you to consider going forward like you really need more work to do because I know (laughs) it's very demanding uh, what you do. Um, You know, I'm going to pause here for a moment and say that um, maybe that's my call because I was really anxious to um, hear from uh, somebody. Um, Willis Slater, let me just say thank you uh, to Monica Baudouin from the New Orleans Film Society for joining us. And I encourage you all, again, very, very much to um, try to partake and enjoy this at the Britannia Theater starting this Friday, Friday through next Thursday. And go online to see the schedule? Yes, neworleansfilmsociety.org. Neworleansfilmsociety.org. Hey, guys, please... Um, Take advantage of it. It's it's really worth it. It'll 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 be it'll be an interesting experience for you, yeah, I promise. Thank you very much for inviting us and thank you for coming. I appreciate it. And now is that Willa on the f- I mean um uh, um Liz McMillan? Is that Liz? Okay, great.
Liz. Hello. Hi. I was getting worried about you. Yeah, no, been calling. Okay. Oh, you have. I know, you know, I think there's something not quite right with our connection at this hour of the day because you're not the first person who said you had to call more than once. Um, Liz is the development director of NOCA Institute who has worked for many years with a woman named Willis Slater. And I wanted to take just a minute, and you know, everybody, I took some time last week to talk about Lois Eli, who um, is another um, old friend of mine and of yours, who was so important in the city's history. And Will is less known, um, but she has been a very important um, advocate for the arts in our city and worked with us when we were forming the Contemporary Arts Center. She was actually involved, I, I, I know many of you go to the Art for Art's Sake, for that big party in the street. Um, she's one of the people who actually developed that in the very beginning, and that's one of the things that I know her for. But she's been involved with NOCA for many, many years, and Liz has worked with her, so uh, I asked Liz, would she please call in, and let's give Willa a shout out. We just lost her. And um, I'm, I'm sorry she's gone, but um, she lives on in her legacy for what she did for the city. Absolutely. Willow is just so special to NOCA. And there's always a generation of people who, you know, get together and their work is understood over time. And Willow was one of them, along with all the other founders of NOCA, who um, just knew how important it would be for creative young people to have a sacred space to learn the tools of the discipline they were interested in and with amazing guiding mentors, you know, they understood what it would mean for a student to be treated and respected as a young professional. And when you look at NOCA today and its alum, including Lola's um, Eric Eli, um, you know, they were right. Um, Willa's love, you know, she loved art for art's sake, of course, but she also loved it as a living, breathing thing and most importantly as a means by which you know, a creative young person could discover their best selves and always be moving forward, and she understood the magic of that. And, you know, she just helped us in any way possible at all times. She was a very um, uh, unassuming, very unassuming, modest yeah. person who actually, um, in her own profession, was um, uh, very respected. I mean, she was... Um, uh, I guess what you call um, a, a private art dealer. She didn't run a gallery, but she um, helped sell the work of artists um, in the city, and I'm sure elsewhere as well. I know more about um, her work in the city. Um, but just such a, a, a sweet person. It's, it's um, you know, uh, a lot of us don't always appreciate the quieter and nicer people in the world, and and I'm sort of one of the more edgy types that are out there, so I have to um, pause and pay attention when somebody like Willa comes along, which I have done over the years. And I'm not sure, but I think we might have been sweethearts, you know, at the same year. I'm, I'm not positive about that, but she certainly was a, a sweetheart, which is a, a recognition by the Contemporary Arts Center for people who've worked in the arts in the city. But um, what role did she actually play with NOCA? Well, she was one of the founding board members, you know, along with Elizabeth Rack, who also passed away recently, and Rena Godshaw, and, you know, Helen Mervis, and um, Marjorie Stitch, and um, Barbara Lemon, and Francoise Richardson, and Polly Renwick. I mean, there's this whole core group of, you know, wonderful women, Dol Dolores Marsalis, um, Francoise, I, I mentioned, Dottie Coleman, Emery Clark, Leah Chase. You know, they just felt like this was so important, and they all helped in their own ways, but you were right. Willow was that quiet voice constantly, and she was just always there for you, always. These were mentors uh, from another era by, of people who um, were, you know, less interested in, you know, the, the latest startup entrepreneurial opportunity um, or, um, you know, the party scene and, and more about really building um, the community and the economy in, in our cultural world in the city that is so important. And um, we, um, we're grateful uh, to them. And, and Liz, I'm, I'm happy that um, you were able to take a couple minutes and just, um, as I say, give a little quiet shout-out for Willis Slater. Oh, well, 
thank you so much for doing this for one of our arts advocates said we did carry um, her um, more extensive obituary in our newsletter you know folks um, I know a lot of you don't all get the newsletter if you'd like to be added to the newsletter list all you have to do is send me an email send it to j nathan dot c i for creative industry at gmail.com jnathan.ci at um, gmail.com that's my personal email so have at it folks <laughs> but um, I really would love it if you would um, get yourself signed up so you get these newsletters which are a great way to catch up with what's going on if you can't necessarily tune into the show all the time um, Liz thank you and for all that you do um, as a development director for NOCA that's so important and NOCA is oh my goodness you just can't as you said, um, exaggerate the importance of an institution that yielded people like Witten and Lola Zarek and so many others who were out there um, being creative for themselves and for all the rest of us. Well, and you. that is the sound of the which, rebirth doing It Ain't My Fault, which is my theme song, I would have to say, in more than just this program. Gene Nathan, Crosstown Conversations on WBOK. We'll be back next week, Wednesday, between 6 and 7. I hope to be with you then. Bye, Liz. Bye, everybody.